UTL Radio welcomes you to this episode of Understanding Business, a weekly radio program focused around business and personal development topics. The program is hosted by nationally recognized business attorney Peter Lamont and is a service of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont and Associates. As always, we welcome input and feedback from you, the listener, and we encourage you to join in the conversation by calling the live program at 347-855-8831 or by contacting us via our social media sites. Links to our various sites are listed on our main website, utlradio.com. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Well, good morning, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Understanding Business. Um, We've got a good show today. On today's show, we're going to discuss the importance of providing top-notch customer and client service. We're going to be talking to, at the bottom of the show, 1030, we're going to be talking to the author of Nice Guys Finish First, and that's Doug Sandler, and uh, we're going to talk to him about his nice guy system of invest, inspire, and execute. To give you a little background on Doug, Doug is an entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience building a successful business as a professional speaker, writer, entertainer, social media influencer. He brings his passion and lifestyle of being a nice guy to the pages of Nice Guys Finish First. The book is really good. Um, I'm going to talk to him about it, so I want to save some of that for when we get to him. But it is um, definitely something that we're going to talk about today, the idea of customer service and being a nice guy in today's business world. But before we get into the topic, I just want to thank today's sponsors. Today's show is sponsored, or today's show is sponsored by Audible. They are the world's largest provider of audiobooks on the Internet. And um, for our listeners, we are entitled, or you guys are entitled to a free audio book, a free audio download from Audible. No strings attached. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash, that's the uh, one over the, the, underneath the question mark, the one that's like forward slash, uh, UTL radio. So it's audibletrial.com forward slash UTL radio. Type in that link and you'll get your free audio download. Also, I want to thank uh, Dollar Photo Club. They're a new sponsor. Dollar Photo Club is great. I used to use uh, a lot of these other stock photo sites, and they were so expensive. You were buying credits to get stock photo for your website or your project. And by the time all of a sudden you were paying like $15, $20 for an image. Um, But Dollar Photo Club is awesome. What Dollar Photo Club does is they charge you $1 for every photo that you download. So you really can't beat that because it's a dollar. It's a dollar versus $10, $15, $20. And they've got a full library just like all of the other stock photo places. I happen to love them. I use them myself. If you go to utlradio.com and you scroll down to our sponsors section, there is a link to Dollar Photo Club and uh, some special offers there. So if you are interested, if you're looking for a new stock photo provider, check them out because uh, by far, hands down, they are the best and easiest and most affordable. So I love them. So thanks to them for sponsoring the show. All right. I also want to let you know that we are, again, streaming live on Meerkat. So for all of you out there um, in the Twitter Meerkat universe, welcome. 
This, again, is the first week that we're really using the Meerkat um, app and technology. So, again, uh, thanks for letting us know what you think. There have already been some people who have commented and let us know that this is something that, that you guys are interested in, so I appreciate it. Thank you. Also, again, streaming live on YouTube and blogtalkradio.com. Again, for those of you who are going to listen to this later, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you subscribe to Blog Talk Radio. That way you are notified about all of the new episodes. And again, don't forget that this is downloadable not only on the sites I mentioned, but on iTunes. Um, one more announcement before today's topic. Make sure you check out the new updated utlradio.com website. Not only are there links to our sponsors and special offers, um, but there's the programming schedule. There's a whole bunch of other things that are, are you know, giveaways, T-shirts, things like that. But there is the Ask Your Question tab, which is brand new, and I've been talking about it for a few weeks now. If you have a legal or business question that you would like answered on our live program, go to utlradio.com, click on that link, ask your question, and you can record your question directly into the website using a widget that we have from SpeakPipe. And we'll be able to play your question right on the air. So, um, you know, take advantage of it and, and keep those questions coming for the other shows. All right, let's get into today's show. Now, we're going to be talking to Doug Sandler a little bit later, 1030, so about 25 minutes from now. Um, and his book is Nice Guys Finish First. And it, it, I don't want to, you know, take too much of his thunder. I want him to explain his book and his system. But basically, it is a a really nice, um, I, I think, introduction to this idea that you can be nice and succeed in business. And I think there's a lot of merit to this. And I, I want to talk for a second about it. Now, depending upon the type of industry, the type of business you're in, you're going to meet different types of people. And you're going to have to understand what their needs are in order for you to be successful in, in your field. So if you were a retail establishment or a small retail business, not a chain, not something that you know is following corporate guidelines, um, you are going to have this direct relationship, direct connection with your customers, and they become your customers. Now, why would you want to take time to invest in your customers? Because they're going to be repeat customers. And that's something that is often overlooked because I think that big box mentality has made consumers and other clients and customers numbers. And you're a number, you're a dollar amount. When you come into the store, I see a dollar sign over your head, and I know how much you're worth. That's what I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the big box stores have done. They put people in place that really are just there for a paycheck. They don't care on their end. And you've got people who are shopping at the store that know that they don't care. And um, it doesn't go anywhere. You're not developing a relationship or a connection, you're just going to a big box store and getting your product. Now, that works for the big box stores, but I want to I say that you can do a better job if you are working for a big, big box store or if you are a customer of those stores. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But um, I think if you are a small business, you have to invest, make investment in your customer because you want them to come back. You know, they're not going to come to you because you're the cheapest or you're the best. 
right? They can go to a big box store where they can get stuff made overseas, probably cheaper than what you might have. But you're going to develop a relationship with them. You know, remember the uh, sitcom Cheers? Remember how when Norm would walk into the bar, everyone yelled, Norm? That's the kind of relationship that people look for. I bet you that if you, you know, wanted to do some sort of um, philosophical uh, take on Cheers, right? I bet you Cheers wasn't the best bar around. But why did Norm go back to Cheers? Because everybody knew his name. So there's that familiarity that, that you have with a place and that connection that becomes an emotional connection. And that's what's missing in today's customer service world. It's all about you know, putting on a facade, putting on a fake front and just getting through, doing what you need to do, even though under your breath you're saying to yourself, oh my God, please just stop calling or go away or you're a pain in the ass. You know, but that, 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 that fake false front, that facade is so easily um, broken. I mean, you can see through when somebody is being nice to you, but they're not really being nice. And Doug's book is about really being nice and how you can be a really nice, truly nice, not just a faker, and succeed in business. Now, let's, let's talk about this customer service idea for a second. So how important is, is it for you to, to, to build this relationship? I say critical. It doesn't make a difference really what business. It's just um, a different approach for each business. If you're an accountant, you're going to have a different approach with customers or clients than if you're a retail establishment. If you are an auto repair shop, it's going to be different than if you are a doctor or a lawyer. What the key is, is to understand your customers and clients, what they need, what they want, and how you can give them top-notch service. I've read a bunch of books uh, that were written or published through the uh, you know, Walt Disney uh, Corporation. And uh, one of them actually is by um, this author, Lee Cockrell, who was a former executive at Walt Disney. And it, it is all about customer service and you know, how to kind of bring some of that Disney magic to your business. And at one point, Disney was the, I think, go-to model for customer service, right? You never went to Disney World without having an outstanding experience, and everybody there was nice. And then a few years ago, um, there were a lot of complaints that were being posted on the Internet, on chat boards, where people were experiencing a different feeling when they went to the Disney resorts. And the people were no longer as nice. And there were all these theories about why shift in management, shift in training, trying to um, be more cost effective, and, and all these sorts of, of things that, that were being you know, tossed about. But people did notice this shift in the way that, that they were being treated. And it seems to have changed over the last few years where they're going back to that same original customer service model where the customer is king. And it's not the customer's always right because customer is not always right. I think if you're, you're honest and open with your customer, you're able to explain to them that, no, you're not right in this instance, but let's work through whatever it is together. Let's 
you know, let, let's see what we can do to help you. Um, that that idea of the customer's always right is different, I think, in the retail model versus the model. Because sometimes people are just difficult. And there's nothing you can do about it. And sometimes you don't even realize until you get the client or customer. And then, you know, they want everything that you possibly can have, including your, your firstborn son. Um, you know, you live and learn through things like that. But customer service, I think, is where everyone should be focusing because you don't go anywhere. You don't make any money. You're not a without your customer base. So, nice guys finish first. What does that mean to me? Well, I'll tell you a story. Last night, and, and this was kind of um, very, very ironic that we were having this discussed today, and we were having Doug on the show, and, and what I'm going to, to talk to you about happened. So last night, we had an estimate done at our house. We have an old house, and, and we need windows. And so we had looked around at some of the window stores in our local area. And, you know, over the past few years, we've had people come out. They're selling you. You know, it's this hard sell. Or the worst ever is you put something out on the Internet through one of those, you know, match up with a contractor sites. And the next thing you know, like you hit enter and 50 million people are calling you and they want to come out and they want to give you quotes and all that stuff. That high pressure push does not work for me. So in the past, when we've had these local companies come out to do these estimates, it's been a constant, um, well, if you sign up today, I'm going to give you this, and you're going to get that, and this is why you've got to do this now, because this pricing isn't going to be locked in, and I can't give you the extended warranty if you don't lock in today. And just lock in, because if you lock in, you don't have to pay right now, but you're locked in. You know, and by the time you're done, you would rather take out your windows, just put up some saran wrap and leave it at that because you don't want to deal with these people. Um, well, last night we had called Home Depot and had a Home Depot employee, not a sub, not a subcontractor, but an actual Home Depot employee, came to our house with his Home Depot apron. And the guy's name was Mike. And I want to tell you a little bit about Mike. He came in and he was a nice guy. Really nice guy. Not pushy, not intrusive. He asked if he needed to take his shoes off. How many times have you had a contractor come in with their work boots on, step all over your stuff, and and never give a thought to the condition of your house? I, I've got to tell you, this guy was really nice. So when he walked into the house, you know, you're always, at least I am, always on edge a bit because you don't know, is this person going to try to sell me? You know, I'm inviting this stranger into my house. What What is this going to be like? How easy is it going to be for me to get him to leave? Because sometimes people that come to the house to sell, even Girl Scouts, you know, you just can't get them to go away, and you don't want to be rude, but um, it is what it is. So when he said to me, should I take my shoes off, I immediately thought to myself, all right, you know, this is somebody that cares about his customers. So that automatically put me a little bit more at ease. So then I explained to him what we're looking to do and that um, you know it's got to be something that our budget can handle and we don't need top-of-the-line windows. They don't need to be bulletproof and sunproof and all this stuff. We just need windows. 
So he said to me, okay, I understand. And he said, you know, I'll, I'll look to give you some prices in um, a moderate range, something that would be, you know, affordable and, and, and whatever. So then he walked around the house and he did the measurements. And he was polite and he explained what he was doing. And then it came time to sit down and talk about pricing. And uh, he brought out his iPad, which he had been using, and the iPad could not connect to their server at Home Depot to give the official estimate. And it didn't matter to me. You know, in other situations, I would have been so annoyed that, oh, here's this guy, and he's taking all this time, and it's not working, and I don't even have the estimate, and I've just spent an hour and a half. But it wasn't like that with him, because he didn't try to sell me on anything. He showed me. He educated me. He took samples of the windows and explained the differences and left the choice up to me. And it was a difference between two windows. One of them had, you know, less fiberglass than the other and all this other stuff. But it was educational. And it, it was not a sales pitch at all. And I have to tell you, I would buy from him over and over and over again because he did not push me. But it was more than his sales tactic. This this wasn't a, a gimmick. This was him. He was talking about, you know, his kids or um, something about old houses and it, it was not a forced here's my script, I'm gonna sell you. If you say no, then I've gotta go back and I've gotta, you know, push you in this product. He didn't try to sell me at all. He educated me. And I really was impressed with him. And it, it made me want to use Home Depot to provide my windows. And that's because of the connection he made with me. And, and when we talked to Doug today about investing in people and this connection that you get, I think that what Doug's going to talk about is going to tie in very nicely with what I just told you. So for me, I went from being apprehensive, thinking about all the other contractors who had come into the house and was so, you know, oh, I really wish this guy wasn't coming. And then he comes, and I was like, whoa, this guy is, is good. But good in the sense of he's a nice guy because he didn't push himself for me. He didn't force me into making a decision. I said to him, I'm going to want to look at the numbers you give me, and then I might want to do things sort of a la carte. I might want to do one or two windows at a time. No problem. You know, it wasn't like some of these other guys that – they're great and friendly, and the minute you say to them, listen, I'm not going to do the whole house at once, it's got to fit my budget, they, okay, well, why don't you call me when you're ready? And then they walk out. So I'd never use people like that. And I don't understand that idea of being a jerk when you're trying to get people to like you. But see, I think the problem is, I think that a lot of people think that all they need to do is get that sale. They get that sale, and that's it. You're hooked, but you're not hooked because you might never come back. And there's so much more value in retaining, I think, five customers that come back. I'm just using five as a, just a generic throwout number. Uh, I don't really mean only five. But um, there's so much value, I think, in having a handful of good customers where you're going to generate money from those good customers. And you've really worked on developing those relationships with those people than it is to have a whole slew of one-hit wonders. People that come in, they give you a little here, a little there, and you don't really develop a relationship with them. That's not where you want to go in your business, regardless of what industry you're in. 
you want to foster that relationship. I mean, when you see, and I want to go back to the Disney example again, when you see a Disney World commercial, if you happen to be a fan of the Walt Disney World Company and their parks and whatnot, there is an emotional connection, right? You see it and you see these families having fun and you're drawn into this emotional connection. And if you ever have been to the parks, you're going to remember your positive experiences when you see that commercial. And there's this this neurological link between the emotions and experience and connections that you've made with people and the commercial. And that's how they get you to keep coming back. Now, they also you know, give you a quality product, and that's really important as well. You could be a super nice guy but have a crappy product, and that's a different story altogether. But what I've heard from a lot of people, a lot of consumers, is that they would rather go back to a business where the pricing is not the cheapest, but the customer service is outstanding. And that says a lot for this idea of being a nice guy in, in, in the business world. Now, let's uh, expand this topic for a second into the world of reality television. I happen to watch reality television. I know it's a bad thing. I know it, but I sometimes get sucked in. There's this one show in particular that I like a lot, and it's called, um, yeah, I think it's Million Dollar Listing New York. So there is this broker in New York. Uh, his guy's name is Ryan, and he is um, caught up. You know, very successful realtor, very successful, but a, uh, a sort of a tongue-in-cheek humor guy, and he would do a lot of things in prior seasons, and, and I don't know how much of it was scripted and how much of it was real. I like to think that most of it's real, but I'm, I know I'm probably just kidding myself. But what I want to tell you about is in, in past seasons, he's been more of a ruthless kind of guy, and... Um, he was very successful, but cutting people off and um, building a relationship solely for his own benefit, cutting them off, and then people thought he was a jerk. I think it was at the end of last season, the beginning of this season, he said that you know he's getting married, um, and he had this sort of revelation that you don't have to be a ruthless jerk in order to be successful. And thus far, the way that the episodes portray him, he's been a lot nicer, and he has the same level, if not more, success um, than in, in other years when he was ruthless. So I think there is merit to this idea of being a nice guy, but the idea of being nice really, in, in my mind, means that you have to work on developing this relationship with your customers where you actually get to know them. You actually get to understand them. How can you sell a product or service or or you know anything to somebody if you don't know what they want, what they need? You know, you don't know how to deal with a customer, they're not going to come back. So I think that the idea of looking at the way you treat people is very important. I think it's critical to the success of your business, and I think that beyond that general idea, I think that you have to be intelligent and have enough emotional intelligence to know when somebody is a bad person, 
because they're unfortunate. There are bad people out there, and you could be a nice person, but you're going to deal with bad people. You need to identify early on these bad people. And, you know, the same way, like when you were young and your mother said to you, don't associate with little Johnny because little Johnny is a hoodlum, and if you associate with little Johnny, you're going to develop tendency to be like him. Remember that whole thing that your mother and father used to tell you? At least mine did. Oh, don't hang out with that kid or don't hang out with that, this guy because, you know, oh, you know, guilt by association, that sort of thing. I think it's it's true uh, in the business world, too. I think that if you don't want to be brought down and you don't want to be living a life of negativity, you don't want to be ruthless, then you might not want to go in an area, a direction where the customers that you're dealing with are the antithesis of the way that you want to be. Because for every bad person, there's five good people. And I think that, you know, and this, this I think, really lends itself more to a services um, professional as opposed to a retail establishment. But I think that in the services profession, um, I think that you can tend to lose far more money when you work with people that you don't have a connection with. You know, they just become a dollar sign. And when you don't have that connection, things just don't work out right. So I think that, um, and and I want to ask Doug that specific question. What do you do, right, when you're a nice guy, but the people you're dealing with are not? How do you manage that? How do you manage to stay focused and positive? And what can you do to to avoid being brought down? And I want to talk to him about that specifically. Um, his book, as as we'll we'll get to, is a very quick, easy to read, easy to understand guide. There's a lot of good stories in there that sort of illustrates his points, like I think my home Depot story does. Um, again, I mean, I think that there's a lot to be said for the way that you deal with people, and um, you know, I think that. If you out there are listening, whether it's live or you download this at a later time, I think that it would be a good idea to kind of expand upon this topic. Just send a note, drop a comment, drop an email, whatever you want to do, and let me know about your experiences with your clients and your customers. Was there ever a situation where you had a client or a customer that kept coming back because you were so nice to them? Or have you ever yourself experienced that as a consumer where you've gone to somebody that might not have the cheapest price or the top-notch product, but you connected with them and you liked them so much and you you know, you know were really in tune with them that you kept going back? So if, if you've had that experience, just drop me a line somewhere. If you go to utlradio.com, all the links are there. Uh, if you're following on Meerkat, just drop, drop a note on Twitter. Uh, go to YouTube, wherever it is. But I'd like to hear your stories, and, and I'd like to talk about them because I'd like to develop this idea on future shows of this customer service and customer relationship that you need to build. Now, something else that um, we're, we're going to talk about, and I know that Doug's going to be calling in shortly, so I don't want to get too far afield on this next topic. But the thing with customers is that by being a nice guy, and by getting people to trust you, you have to do the next step, which is to follow up, to communicate. And I think that open communication is extremely important. And 
clarification of issues is important throughout the course of your relationship with a client in any field. You know, you might not want to do it. It might be comfortable. Uh, going back to my reality show experience that I had last night, another realtor on the same show, this guy Luis Ortiz, he had a client who he was trying to sell his um, his apartment for, and he had to break the news to him that there was no progress. But he did it, and that open line of communication helped foster that relationship. All right, let me bring uh, Doug onto the line, and I'll introduce him, and then we can uh, talk to Doug a bit. Hi, Doug. This is Peter. How are you doing? Hey, Peter. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, Doug, thanks for being here. Today we have been talking all about some of the topics that are in your book, uh, Nice Guys Finish First, and we've been going through some of the ideas with respect to the way to foster great relationships with your customers and clients, whether you're in a a retail area or the services industry. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your book and about your nice guy system, and then I have a couple questions for you. So if you would, give us a little background about yourself and talk for for a minute, uh, if you would, about the book, Nice Guys First. Sure. Well, great. Well, thanks again for having me on the show, Peter, and, and your reputation in the business precedes you. And, and uh, so many people had said, hey, get on the show. It would be great for your for your business. So thanks for having me. Um, a little bit about me, my background, 30 years of business experience, building a business as a as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur in most of the the case. So just uh, just a solo business guy, just trying to figure out my way in this world. And I really discovered many, many years ago that the huge downfall of, of business was in uh, just in customer service, that people lost their ability to make that connection. And when social media and technology really started to take over, when that iPhone really got to be the, the, the product, you know, a handful of years ago and, and boomed, uh, people started putting their head down more and focusing less on building those all-important connections a couple of years ago when I decided to make a transition in my career, I said, you know, I really think that what I have, this message that I have that I can present to the world, I, I think it really is going to resound well, you know, out there. And and it has. It's been so amazing, the the, the support that I've gotten, because people think that uh, that communication uh, is is one way, outgoing when it comes to marketing. And really what it comes down to is in order to land a client, a big client, and maintain a client for life, You've got to build a relationship. There is there is no way around it. So I wrote this book, uh, 15 chapters of different lessons and different stories and different ways that we, in which people can really connect with uh, their customers and really their coworkers too. Because it's not just a book about gaining customers; it's a book about gaining relationships and building those lifetime connections. Yeah, you know, I I read the book and I think that it's a very very valuable tool to anybody. Not just, honestly, not just people that are in business, but also it's nice from how you can have better relationships with the people that you deal with on the reverse end. Um, so I think that that's, it's a great book. Um, one thing I wanted to mention to you, and I was explaining this, this, this story that happened to me last night, and it's very ironic that you were on today and this whole you know, chain of events happens. But last night I had a gentleman come to my house to price out new windows. I had had other window guys come to the house, and they were high-pressured and pushing you, and if you weren't going to do the whole house at that, that moment, they didn't want you. You know, call me when you've got the money to do the whole house, that sort of thing. And this gentleman was from Home Depot, and he came in, and I was apprehensive. And the first thing he said to me is, 
should I take my shoes off before I come into your house? And I thought, hmm. wow, you know, that kind of made me feel a little bit better. And I said, this is, this is great because nobody's asked me that before. And then when he came in, he didn't sell me. He communicated with me. He educated me on Windows and said, you do whatever you want. We're here to help you. And I thought that was a really good example of some of the things that you talked about in your book. It's it's a great example, and I would say of 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 any time any time that you can um, that you can build a relationship, whether it's in a selling system, uh, selling process, or whether it's just in a, in building communication. You know, how often is it that you walk through the grocery store, and uh, when you get to the checkout area, that you have the uh, the person that's at the counter, and they they've already sold you. You have your groceries, you're checking out. There's they don't have to build a connection with you, but if that cashier just spends a little bit of time instead of dealing with the other cashier at the other register if they actually spend time communicating with you they pick their head up out of their uh, out of the register and and out of that uh, that little scanner thing it, it, they can actually figure out that you're a person that you are that you have feelings that you have emotions i'm not going to get into the whole psychology of it because i don't have a psychology degree i do know though when i talk to people on the phone and they're in a position of customer service if they would put that that stinking script down for just a moment and have a conversation with me, human being to human being. I know there's no analytics if you don't have a if you don't have a script because you can't tell you know the the systems that you go through. But if they would just develop a relationship with me long enough to know who I am, uh, they have a customer for life. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, and what I was talking about earlier, and let me know your take on this. I think that when you develop that high level customer service with your clientele, you might, if you're a smaller business, you might not be the cheapest. You might have the best top-of-the-line product, but you'll see people keep coming back to you because of that emotional and human connection. You'd rather pay a little bit more because they're going to get more from you. Is that your experience, well, I, too? It, it, totally my experience. Uh, I'll just give you a, a, just a, a brief example. I, um, in addition to being a professional speaker, um, I'm also a professional entertainer. So every weekend as an entertainer, I'm out doing, uh, and I'm a DJ, an MC. I'm a guy that's the, the one that's running the parties oftentimes. And what happens is um, I am by far probably four or five times more expensive than uh, than competition in my area for the same services. So you got a guy that's going out for uh, you know five hundred or six hundred dollars, and I might be anywhere between three and five thousand dollars. And they always say to me, well, "How is it that you get business at this level?" And I said, "It's not about being a great DJ. I'm not even the greatest DJ or MC that's out there. But I what I am the best at, and I know this, and I confidently say this, I give the best phone in town. Nobody is going to get on that phone and be any better." Because like you said about your Home Depot experience uh, and the guy coming into your living room, if he just spent a few minutes building a relationship with you, educating you, that's all I do. I just educate my clients. I'm not worried whether I'm going to close the deal or not. There is no deal closer or pressure where you've got to make your decision tonight while you have me on the phone. And I think right. that if everybody feels that way about business, we, we'll have such a great world. People will actually be educating and they will be um, – informing their customers. Let your customer make an informed decision on their own. They've already done all the research before you've even walked in the door. If you're going to screw it up by being a, by being a pain in the butt, or you want to get in front of them, then they're never going to buy from you. And people just have to realize that, I think. Yeah. You know, I do have a question that I want to ask you because it's something that we were talking about earlier. And, and it comes down to being a nice guy in the services industry, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, accountant, um, and, and my question to you, 
to this because I've had a lot of inquiries about this topic, and I want to get your take on it. There are times, unfortunately, in this world where you deal with bad people, and you yourself might be a nice person, you might be doing your best, but you encounter that client or that customer that's just out for no good. They just want to make your life miserable. How do you deal with that in the nice guy philosophy? Well, and again, great question because that's one of the one of the most popular questions that's asked me asked of me. How can you be a nice guy in a bad guy world? Sometimes, uh, what I find happens is um, I have the ability because we have rights as as salespeople, we have rights as marketing people. Um, I don't have to hire every client, and I do have the right to fire a client in a nice way. So, if a client of mine is going to try to argue with me, or get in a, 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 a discussion with me, a disagreement with me, or is so opposed to the way that I've presented something that they're going to have a, a, an issue with it, maybe number one, that's not the client for me. But secondly, it, it, maybe it's just not going to work out, and that's okay too. So, what I do, you know, it's really hard to have an argument with somebody that won't argue back. <laughs> do you find that's the case? Absolutely. So yeah. for me, if somebody's going to have a disagreement, an argument with me, I'm going to try to see it part of the presentation when I go around this country, this wonderful country that we live in, and have conversations with large groups. Part of the conversation is, what do you say to somebody that is trying to have an argument with you? And I try to put on my hashtag, my perspective, this hashtag, this wonderful thing that's out there. It's been reinvented so many times, whether it's a, um, you know, an Instagram little symbol or whether it's a tic-tac-toe board or whether it's a sharp sign. When we look at that hashtag, we've got to look at people's perspective. If we put on their glasses and take off our glasses for a moment, oftentimes we'll see what it is that they're arguing about. I think for the most part, people do not want to be difficult. They don't want to challenge you, and they don't want to be mean, but that's all they know. So if you're a guy in your 50s 50s or 60s and you're somebody that's had this conversation many, many times, maybe your response is always to be argumentative. That's not going to work for me only because I'm not going to argue back. So that's kind of how I handle things. Well, you know, something I think you said very, it's very interesting, I think is very educational for people to understand is that you don't have to force yourself to associate or to work with people that have the exact opposite outlook on life that you do. And I gave the example earlier of when you know we were younger and your, your mother or father would say to you, don't hang out with little Johnny because he's, he's you know, with a bad crowd and, and you're going to develop tendencies to do and say and be like him. Um, I think that it holds true. If you're a nice guy, maybe you don't want to take on that client or customer who is, is the, you know, exact opposite of the way that you are, and you've got that ability to choose. So is that the type of advice that you would give to somebody when you're in a services profession and you have to be selective about who works with you? You, you came up with a great, a great quote about, uh, about your parents, and my mom has a wonderful quote also, and it's, show me your friends and I will show you who you are. It, right. does, it doesn't fall far from the corporate world. Show me your customers, and I will show you who you are. I, I promise you that the people that I work with, uh, and, and it, this is not because I've been in business for 30 years. It's because th- even when I have no customers, th- this is still the way I deal with my, with my prospective customers. I don't want to deal with a customer that, is not ha- that does not have the same set of beliefs, the same values that I have. Set of family, you know, the, the values on family is very important. Communication, how critical it is. I can't tell you how many vendors I didn't hire 
as a part of going through the speaking, you know, putting together my speaking system and putting together a book and, and this whole training program, I fired a lot of prospective vendors that were going to work with me. They had a great product, but I couldn't deal with their people. You know, it's all about relationships for me. Yeah, you know, I think that the, the key for me when I was reading your book is that you have these core set of values. And you believe in being a nice guy and that you haven't deviated from that. You haven't let the people on the outside who might not believe in that, they might believe in being aggressive or hostile, and you said, you're not going to change me, and you haven't changed for them. You have just sort of directed your to like-minded people, and that's, I think, been very successful for you, and I think it's a very good lesson for people to learn. Well, thanks. And I've tried to lead my entire my entire life that way. I really think that we just don't we all don't go in a direct. We sometimes bend a little bit more than we really need to. And I'm not saying don't be cooperative. Being nice is you know being cooperative is a part of being nice. But I think that it's essential that you stick you stick to a, a, a plan and you keep you stay in your lane and you focus on the things that are important to you and and don't don't ever uh, you know uh, sacrifice your morals or your ethics for it. Now, you know, one more question for you. A lot of times we'll get people that are small business owners who will say, you know, I want to be the guy who says, this is the client base I'm looking for. These are the customers I want to attract. But I'm a brand new business and I need the money. I can't say no to people. So I find myself getting involved with people who I perceive to be different than, than or have different values than me. Ultimately, I get screwed over and I'm losing money. How do you talk to people who are having that, that problem? You know, because you mentioned earlier that when you first started, you weren't making a lot of money, but you didn't change your values. How would you tell somebody who's struggling to cope with that issue? Well, and, but you just, you just gave me the answer in the beginning of your statement. I think what ends up happening is people, um, they, uh, they take on a client that they don't really think that they want to take on as a client, but they do it because they need the money. They end up being miserable as a result of it. They end up losing money as a, as a part of the equation because that oftentimes is what happens. The people that we can't deal with as a client or we don't get along with them you know, mentally or we can't seem to get along with them at all, uh, they're going to be their, your biggest pain in the rear end. I'm not looking for those people to be my clients. I don't want. I got into this business because I'm passionate about speaking and spreading this message. I'm not going to present my message to a bunch of people, to a room full of people that say this is just horse manure. I, you, there's no possible way that nice is right. It just isn't going to work. That's not my audience. My audience is already as entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, people that are new in business, struggling in business. Their focus should be just in finding. It's social. It's a social media world. You can find enough people that you can sell or provide your services to that do have the similar belief and structure values that you have, that you don't need to go down that line of, well, you know, this guy is willing to buy my services, and even though I think he sucks, he, 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 he's going to spend his money is green to me. Don't, don't fall prey to that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's perfect ex- advice because so many times I hear People say, oh, you know, when I see customers come through the door, all I see is dollar signs over their head. I don't even see their faces. And that I think you're just, you're leading yourself down a path to failure at that point when that's how you see people because then you can't apply any of the principles that you talk about in your book when you devalue people that way. Agreed, agreed. Amen to that. You, you cannot, do not change your, your beliefs in order to uh, just see a dollar sign. It will not 
it will not be good. In the beginning, you may fill your bank account, but you are not going to fill your heart and you're not going to fill your head with positive info and vibes. And I, I think, too, and I'd like to get your take on this, I think that the most successful people in this world are people who had a very strong set of core values and did not deviate from them, even if they were receiving criticism or flack from people on the outside. Would you agree with that? Well, that's a softball question, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that in a negative way. Of course, how can, how can anybody uh, feel like they are, um, they are not successful if they have uh, customers that are coming to them that have the same beliefs that they do, that they have a set of principles that they haven't need to uh, divide from, and, uh, and they're enjoying life and they love their career. If you're passionate about it, I can tell, Peter, that you are passionate about you know, the law. You're passionate about the radio show. There are so many things that you're passionate about. You're going to wake up in the morning at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever time you get up, and you are going to be excited to get in front of your, your audience, your guests, your, your clients. You're going to love it. And when you aren't making any money and you're new as an, as an entrepreneur, even when you're not making any money, if you're passionate about what you do, yeah, that's not going to pay the bills, but it will eventually get to the point where you can survive and then you're going to thrive in that environment. Yeah, I think that you know the, the, the false front, the veneers that people put on, the facades, it only goes so far because people will ultimately see who you really are. And so I think that having core values is so critical and sticking to them um, I think is really, really important. You know, The other thing that I like to tell people is that when you're looking into starting a career, um, and I know some people will disagree with this, but when you're looking into starting a business or a career or going out on your own, I think one of the key things that you have to do, and this ties into understanding your own core values, is you've got to be honest with yourself and take stock of who you are and whether or not starting your own business or being an entrepreneur is right for you because there are people that don't like stress or anxiety or other things and and that might not be the right decision for them but it's also doesn't mean you're a bad person but that that self analysis i think is so critical because that helps you define your core values as well what do you think about that yeah i agree with you i have a uh, I, I do a podcast and uh my co-host he is an employed uh an employed gentleman and he has been for the last umpteen years and we talk about all the time and and i'm the exact opposite guy i'm gainfully unemployable i always tell everybody i i, I don't want to go to work for anybody because you can take a policies and procedures manual and throw it out the window as far as i'm concerned there's no this is the way we do business because we've always done it that way so for, for we always have this conversation about um, the type of person that would be considered an entrepreneur or somebody that would want to work on their own. Some people just aren't meant for that, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not their makeup. They don't either have the discipline to be able to you know, sit in their home and, and without being distracted, or they just don't have the drive. They need to be told. Some people are leaders, born leaders, and some people are leaders that, are, that emerge. And there's others that just, they like to be told in a nice way. They like to be told what to do and when to do it. And they don't mind punching a clock. It just was never, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was just never my, that was never in my personal makeup at all. But you knew that because you took stock of yourself and you sat down and you said, here's who I am. Here's my makeup. Here are the things that I want to do. And I think that that's important, being honest with yourself first before you're honest with anybody else. Oh, well, and there's also there's a um, there's a guy his name is Shad Helmstetter and he wrote a book called uh, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, and 
it, it is so true that we are a product of our own input. Uh, we are our own worst critics, and if we beat ourselves up, uh, we're, we're going to be all the worse for wear. If you build yourself up, you're going to be you, – you're, without an ego, you've got to be able to, to maintain that, that humble side in public and when you're speak, speaking to others – but you need to be able to build yourself up. I can do this. I'm a great guy. I know how to do this. I can, I, I can handle failure because failure is a part of success too. So even when you fail, don't, don't criticize yourself so much. We, we are so hard on ourselves, and, and I think we just need to let up a little bit. I agree. Doug, thank you so much for being on today. Before I let you go, I just want to give you an opportunity to tell people where to find you. While we were talking, because we're also streaming live on uh, YouTube, I was able to put up your your website and, and kind of give people a tour as we were talking. But uh, can you give people contact information for you so that they can get your book, hook up with you, and um, and you know learn from from your experiences? That's great. Uh, sure, absolutely. If somebody wants a copy of my book, that would be terrific. Uh, Amazon.com is the best place to get that. You can just search for Doug Sandler or uh, um, what's the, what the heck is the name of my book? Nice guys finish. Nice guys finish first. <laughs> Uh, you can do. There's a couple of books by that title, so look for the one by Doug Sandler. You can send me an email directly at doug at dougsandler.com. Certainly, I'm more than happy to to take phone calls. 410-340-6861 is my direct number. I speak all over the country on the topic of building relationships and connections, and I would love love to be uh, you know to be a part of any organization that wants to have me in. As long as you're going to be nice to me. If, if you're not nice to me, I'm not coming. <laughs> Doug, thank you so much. We're going to have links uh, in show notes to the Amazon page and to your website as well. Uh, a great book, a great job, and I think that people can learn so much from you. I, I just wish that more people would subscribe to this idea of being a nice guy because I think that the world would be a better place. So thank you for all that you do for us, Doug. Awesome, Peter. Thank you, and great show, and keep up the great work. I'm sure your listeners are extremely pleased for with all the years of service that you provided, so thank you for doing what you do, Peter. Thanks. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Doug. Bye-bye. Okay. So we had Doug Sandler and uh, his book, Nice Guys, Finish First. I think it's a uh, a good book. I think you should pick it up. Like I said earlier, easy, quick read, but a lot of valuable advice. And I really do mean that. I do wish that people were a little bit nicer because I think the world would be a better place. But um, you know what I like about Doug's approach is that you stick with your core values and you associate yourself with those people that have same the same or similar values because when you see people simply as um, you know revenue I think you're going to get yourself in situations where you don't have that connection you don't have that relationship and it's only going to um, I think end poorly so uh, I think it's really important to look within yourself and understand who you are and analyze what you believe and then try to find people that have the same values. And, um, you know, you heard him say how he started out and he didn't have a lot of money. And while it does not pay the bills just to be nice, there are things you can do. But I think that being true to yourself is so important because I think we're taught in, in today's world to be whoever everybody else wants you to be and not to be who you are. You know, some people will grow up and they'll say, oh, I, I was doing this because my mother or father wanted me to do it. I was doing this because my wife or my girlfriend or boyfriend, they want me to, they expect me to be this way. And I think that when you fool yourself that you don't 
um, really have a level of success. I think it's 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 a, a false sense of security. I think that you need to understand who you are, and um, and and that really involves some self analysis. We talked yesterday about the decision to start your own business and whether or not it's right for you. And if it's not right for you, that's okay. But you're only going to know that if you take the time to look at yourself and to analyze whether or not you have certain qualities or characteristics that um, would lend itself to being a business owner. And as we talked with, with Doug, can you handle stress? Can you handle anxiety? Can you wear all these different hats? I mean, what what is it going to do to your family? How is it going to impact you? How is it going to impact your life, your happiness? Uh, Doug is a happy guy. I mean, it just comes through in his writing, in his speaking. Uh, if you go to his website, DougSandler.com, you'll see some of his videos where he's been you know, giving these these lectures, speeches, and you can just see that he really loves what he does and believes it, and that's really important. So. Um, I do thank him for being on the show today. That is going to do it for today's show. Again, anybody out there who has had experiences either on the business and or as a customer where you felt that connection with your client, with your customer, make sure you drop me a note and let's talk about that in some of the next uh, next week's shows. Um, also, again, I remind you, utlradio.com, head on over there and click the Ask Your Question button, and then you can record your question live right through your computer, and then we'll play it on next week's show, um, assuming that um, we have enough time because we still have a lot of, of email questions coming in, and I encourage you, however you want to send them, you know, email, posting them, Facebook, Twitter, fine with me. I think that the the new SpeakPipe app or widget on the site is pretty cool, and it allows us to actually bring your voice to the program itself. So check that out. Uh, also, don't forget to download the free app because you will be receiving notifications of upcoming shows, and you'll be able to listen to the show directly from there as well. For everybody on Meerkat, I appreciate you checking it out. Like I told you, first week doing it, we'll see how it goes. Um, comments, feedback are greatly appreciated. And, um, you know, all the show notes that I talked about, we're going to drop them in. If they're not there already, you'll have a link to Doug's book and a link to our sponsors as well. That's going to do it. Uh, tune in Monday with our week in review, myself and Bob Hughes. And then next week, we're going to go back to our regular schedule. We've actually increased the day. So now we are broadcasting four days a week, and depending upon, um, you know, the additional surveys that I put out waiting for you guys to, to complete all of them, we might go to five days a week. So I appreciate all of your comments and compliments. Everybody who has uh, subscribed to the YouTube channel in the last few weeks, I appreciate it. I do my best to thank everybody. Everybody who has left a comment, I also do my best to respond um, we have some exciting guests coming up. I know Alan Fisher from AMC's Game of Arms is going to be back on in the next few weeks. And we've got some other people lined up as well. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe either on iTunes or on YouTube. That's going to do it. Have a great weekend. And I will be back Monday with Week in Review. Thanks and see you soon.